Hello everybody, this is Andre and you are on the Marketing Innovation Podcast Show. Our special guest today is Tyler Camp, who is the CEO of Leadroll.co, a cutting-edge outbound sales agency that replaces SDRs and guarantees high-ticket sales appointments at scale. Today, we'll discuss effective strategies in mixing marketing and sales to grow your B2B business, as well as sales innovation and innovation in the sales technology space. Tyler, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you? Let's roll. Love it. Andre, thank you so much for having me. Um, I think we're going to have an action-packed podcast today. A lot mm-hmm. of really good stuff to share. Um, really pumped to dig in to the current state of marketing to sales. Um, if you're listening today, guys, uh, you're probably affected by things like iOS 14. You're probably affected by changes in LinkedIn, uh, their connect request. You're probably affected by Google's third-party pixel uh, changes or Facebook's um, retargeting limitations, all kinds of stuff going on right now, which makes this podcast episode really important. Um, Andre, how would you prefer that we take this? Well, I think that we can um, start off by giving people a bit more context around you, around the agency, how it came about and what you guys are doing at the moment. And then uh, we can dive into the strategies and things that we were briefly discussing uh, before the show that I think our audience, uh, many of them will be the first time that they actually hear about some of this stuff, which makes it really exciting. And then also the actionable things that our audience, as well as you know their peers could do in uh, scaling up their sales marketing activities alignment and overall boost business forward. Right. Yeah. Get it to grow. Um, so I'll give you the quick background on me. If you, if you haven't heard of me or, or you don't know kind of the, the stuff that I've got my hands in, um, I, again, Tyler Camp here, I I've been, um, let's, let's actually go back a little bit. I cut my teeth in sales two decades ago, probably in demand gen for uh, about 10 years. Um, started my first business in my early 20s after, you know, some some youthful entrepreneurial stuff um, and didn't make any money. I, I had uh, ran this little business for like three years and no, no real money. Okay. We made money, we scaled, we did stuff, but we didn't make real money. And uh, having said that, I learned a lot took these learnings, um, went into the mortgage sector, residential mortgages. I worked with a single loan officer and he was originating the loans. I was bringing in the business and I applied a lot of what I learned about scaling, about systems, about um, true sales process. And together we were doing 120 million in loan volume annually, year over year, growing 20% year over year. I went on from there to teach and train several, about 20 um top producing teams that were doing somewhere between 50 and hundred million to get to the next echelon. From there, I went to become on the marketing advisory board of a $16 billion company before the age of 30. I was in my mid twenties and I was on a $16 billion uh, company's advisory board. And then I left that to go into startup space, worked with a company called Homebot, get from 60 grand a month to, to 200 grand a month in eight months, uh, 4X growth really, really radical, really fast. Um, and then launched what is lead role and, uh, lead role again, to your point, Andre, in your introduction here is 
we specialize in high ticket businesses. We're a multi-million dollar organization. You know, I've built several seven and eight figure businesses at this point. Um, and what we do is we book high ticket appointments guaranteed for sales teams. We take the place of an SDR and we, um, we, light up sales teams calendars like a Christmas tree. Now we do specifically work with companies that are either in the U S or selling to the U S trying to break into the U S. So, um, you know, if everyone, if you're listening, you're like, Holy crap, I got to work with these guys. Just know, you know, we'll, we, we can best help you if you're trying to enter into the U S market. Otherwise, a lot of what I'm going to share with you is relevant no matter where you are. Um, and, now we've got, yeah, hundreds of clients and um, we are launching ever forward. And um, the future is a little bit tumultuous for a lot of people. There's a lot of questionable things happening in terms of data privacy, in terms of uh, platform changes, in terms of what can you actually do today to be successful. And I think that the changes are targeting small business. They want small business to shrivel, right? How are you going to do demand if you don't get some of these things solved? If some of these these changes are rendering Facebook ads for many completely useless, are rendering paid ads completely useless, are rendering uh, outbound automation that they might have been tinkering with completely useless. So today, um, I think our time would be well spent to, to share how you as a small, medium uh, enterprise business can actually solve these problems for yourself and, uh, and potentially thrive when your competitors are shriveling up and dying. Sounds good. So, um, I suggest let's take it from, you know, from the umbrella view and, um, talk about how you guys are working with your clients at the moment as an agency from the sales perspective. And here we can kind of uh, debate how that might be or might not be different uh, for the record. So for the people tuning in, you, you guys probably know we are a marketing agency as well. So, you know, from the alignment of marketing and sales, mainly from this point as a sort of external party that comes into the business and helps, um, Tyler, how are you guys doing it? How do you work with your clients and what's the relationship there? And then I'd like to dive a bit more and in more details into, you know, the innovation in the tech space and sales technology and things like this, because I, I think those are really, really insightful and can open eyes for a lot of people. Completely. Yeah. So our relationship with the client is, is built on a, a very simple premise, which is that, um, unless you are deep in the weeds and unless you really have a robust and thorough understanding of a successful sales process, it's going to be very hard to continue to iterate and drive actual results. I think that, um, you know, we've kind of taken our stand against the, um, some of the brand awareness mantra uh, in favor of, really focusing on sales activity that moves the needle, outbound sales, um, driving leads, making sure that leads are actually worked and nurtured effectively, things like that. Um, and so when a client comes to us, they, they've probably tried dozens of other agencies in the past that, that didn't actually yield results. They, they kind of got into some hype. They thought, oh, I need to do this new thing. Maybe I need to ex do, do uh, 
a lot of social posting. Maybe I need to do whatever. And they are uh, a little disenchanted because they did it. They paid a bunch of money and then no sales were generated. And what they were told is, well, you, you people know your brand more. So when they work with us, they, they work with us because they want to drive revenue. We calculate the math with them. We show them what does the, you know, they, t- they might tell us, well, I want to make, I want to add 5 million in revenue in the next six to 12 months. And we work backwards to figure out what exactly do we need to do to hit that number um, in terms of outbound, in terms of selling, in terms of bringing their, their solution to market, identifying the prospects, um, doing all the magic stuff that we do, which we'll get to probably in a second, but um, in the end, delivering massive net, res- net profit results to these businesses and allowing them to scale super duper fast. They can scale up, they can scale down way faster than they can scale their internal sales team, way faster than they can scale a team of SDRs. And, um, and we get probably 10 times the result of that, if not dramatically more with a fraction of the cost. Mm-hmm. Got you. So uh, just to shine a bit of light for before we go into the actual tactics and, you know, sales process uh, and the points that we were discussing just before, um, let's discuss a bit for, you know, that like the decision makers, as I mentioned before, we have a number of C-level people on the show. Many of them maybe were not yet thinking about going and breaking into the US. Maybe some are already there, but they don't know what's out there and how US might be different from other markets. Um, can you tell us a bit about what's different or why you guys are working primarily with the US so that you know people can understand uh, what's what might be that is different in what they should do locally if they are not from the US? Right. Yeah, why should you why should you focus on that market? Um, well, the first reason is that if you're uh, if you're a UK listener, if you are a listener in um, countries where you've got some very stringent privacy regulations like GDPR. Um, obviously, you have to jump through a lot of hoops to to try to figure out who the heck you're supposed to market to, and you have to jump through a lot of hoops to actually market to them. Uh, now, those hoops are not insurmountable by any means. However, they definitely limit your ability to, to scale compared to um, a little bit more liberal policy on um, B2B sales, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there is a very, 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 very small chance that the U.S. would ever institute something like a GDPR. And if they did, I doubt it would ever be effective to B2B. Um, so with that in mind, and even if it is, it can be solved for. But right now, today, there is a massive opportunity because a couple things are happening. I mentioned at the start of the podcast that um, there are four particular updates that most all of you, if not all of you are going to feel. Um, Definitely we feel it in the US and uh, those updates are as follows, right? The first is iOS 14 has given people the option to opt out of being tracked um, with their ads. And so, that means that someone doing Facebook ads, uh, for example, would have just no analytics on these on on their performance. Uh, it renders their ads essentially useless for targeting and other purposes as well. Um, 
The second big update is LinkedIn. If you've been doing LinkedIn automation and you're using tools out there, there's, there's a lot of tools that do LinkedIn automation. Um, if you're using that stuff, you've probably realized that you're not getting any results right now and you're getting flagged for sending too many connection requests. Um, LinkedIn is limited the amount of connections you can send in a, in a day. Used to be you could send 100 a day, um, 100 connection requests a day. Now you can only send 100 in a week. And that's in the best case scenario. In fact, not only that, I mean, I've seen folks limited to about seven. Um, and I've actually have, uh, I've got some team members even who, um, were just looking at too many profiles and got banned by LinkedIn just for looking at profiles manually, no automation whatsoever um, on their own profile. So there's a lot of like LinkedIn's coming down hard and rendering a lot of that stuff dead in the water. You can still do like open in mail sends and stuff. And, and there's, there's workarounds, but I'm telling you now that much of that world is about to just die a nasty death. And there's going to be a lot of unhappy banned people very soon if you don't get ahead of it. The next update is, of course, that uh, Google Chrome is eliminating third-party pixels. So basically, um, they are consolidating data and making sure that other companies are not able to, you're not, they're not going to render other data um, that's not Google's pixel stuff. So basically the long and short of it is it's going to render your ads also useless um, for many, many people. And then finally the Facebook updates, Facebook is um, they used to allow you to track analytics around as many campaigns as you want, as many ad sets as you want, and many ads as you want. Now you're limited to, I believe it's five campaigns and five ad sets that you can actually track analytics for. Crazy, crazy nuts. And just this week, uh, at least in this recording, they have um, reduced the time frame of their pixel from six months to seven days. So if you've been relying on retargeting and you're saying, oh, I, I can place a pixel and that person's in my custom audience and for you know, 90 days, six months, um, and I can continue to advertise to them, that is gone. It's gone. Seven days you've got to retarget based on a pixel. So all of these things, you better believe that advertisers are in trouble. You better believe small businesses are in trouble, that uh, enterprise is in trouble. And so we have derived solutions to these problems. Um, it's perfect timing, actually. And and we know exactly, we have the secret keys to the kingdom in, in the U.S. market specifically that makes it so that none of that stuff really matters. So that is also why U.S. market is the place to go. Uh, in marketing's defense, <laughs> indeed, there have been some changes and some of them were really impactful and we saw them across the board. Uh, from the insider's uh, you know, perspective, there are some things that are gonna be relaunched and Facebook and Google and all these guys are working very much towards you know, being um, 
compliant and you know actioning the data privacy policies and everything else but also there are some things that are going to be improving and being a practitioner in space and having clients from across the board uh we saw some stability over i mean you know the official release was only last week but changes have started to happen since the beginning of the year now things are starting to level down a bit more but I would say, indeed, sales, mainly in the enterprise and, you know, medium enterprise space uh, is a very big component of growing a business. Uh, the way that we see them, for example, is, you know, complementary in the way that marketing will still be very important for branding and for driving, you know, relevant traffic. But sales is actually where you can have the, you know, like the personal contact from the first touch. And there are some things that, uh, Tyler, you guys have uh, that are really impressive. So I would like to discuss this but before we go into the nitty-gritty and the you know sales technology uh i'll be very keen to go through your closer formula and the steps that you guys um follow and advocate to to deliver an effective sales result yeah yeah you bet so the closer system is our our trademarked sales methodology that basically um is what we follow as our thesis for um, outbound. And it's it's boiled down into uh, just a couple of steps, right? Every letter in the word closer stands for something, C-L-O-S-E-R. Um, and so the first one is calculate the potential. And what that means is that you really should never start a sales initiative until you have a very firm grasp on the math. You need to understand that like what your goal is and what exactly you need to do to get to that goal instead of just trying some marketing thing, throwing money at it, seeing if it gets you money and hoping for the best, right? That's not a good stewardship of cash. So knowing your math from the start is how you can help ensure a hyper profitable unit case on the back end. If you can take all of your data and uh, run the math and you know your numbers and you know your average statistical benchmarks to measure against, then you know what's possible. If you don't know those numbers, you're just playing a guessing game. Um, the O in the closer system is omnichannel foundation. It basically means that your, your campaigns should be uh, robust enough to to reach people in multiple places at once, not just on LinkedIn, not just on email, not just maybe mm -hmm. making phone calls, but actually trying to have a more holistic approach. And the other side to this is that you need to have foundational elements in your business that, that are going to set you up for success. And if you don't have these foundational elements, then you're basically building your, your campaign on the sand and it's going to, the wind and the waves are going to come around and, and your house is going to sink. So um, one of the main foundational things you need is to solve for the spam box. If you don't solve for the spam box, then you are going to get blacklisted and you are going to um, have abysmal deliverability in a cold email campaign. Every cold email is slowly dying a death. And if you don't know how to extend the life of that email, then you're in a really bad place. And so in order to do that, you've got to do a bunch of stuff on the back end. And we do go through it at leadroll.co in, in a presentation on our thesis, step-by-step step, and what you really need to have um, 
But the the long and short of it is you have to know when you're in spam. You got to get yourself out of spam when you get there. You've got to warm things up and have back and forth positive conversations to a degree that basically allow the platforms to believe, to understand that you are reputable. If you don't do that, your campaigns might as well be completely, they might as well not be doing anything at all. Um, the S is your scripts and personalization. So you need to design your outbound campaigns and your sales messages around a very particular, um, around a very particular, call it a style. Um, the way that you do normal email marketing is not the same as you do cold email marketing. The way that you um, do outbound is so different from the way that you might write inbound um, campaigns. So you, the first step there is, well, I've got to I've got to write my messages in a way that's going to be relevant and impactful and lead somebody in to a meeting when they don't know anything about me. And that is a very, very hard thing to do unless you understand what needs to do. And we just have more data than anyone else on how to do it. And we learn from that and we we make data-driven decisions on the campaign and, and now we're, we're masters at it. The other thing there is you have to, automation alone is just not enough. If you start automating and you just spray and pray to thousands of people um, and you are not tailoring your message to them, you are going to have abysmal results typically or standard results. Standard results being not that many. I mean, honestly, your standard results are an open rate of maybe 20%, a reply rate, maybe you know, sub 1% normally, 2% if someone might be further along in that. Um, and of those, how many are positive? Probably not many. Of those, how many book a call? Probably not many. Of those, how much was your data total crap? Probably a lot. And then also, you know, if you don't solve for deliverability, then still total crap. So that's why people think cold email doesn't work. We typically see doing what we do somewhere around 0.05% uh, spam rate. So almost no spam um, once we've successfully done what we do. And we we usually see between 70 and 80% open rate and between 30 and 50% reply rate in ice cold markets um, with a very high positive reply rate and a very high booking rate. Um, and we're reaching out to thousands of people a month when we're, when we're working with clients anyway. So it's actually high volume and high quality, but you have to be hand researching and handwriting someone a customized handwritten message, at least in the first line of your email. Um, at least the first line needs to be just for them and no one else. And if you can do that, you can improve your results. Um, the E stands for execution and process mapping. Know what you're going to do every step of the way, how you're going to handle positive replies, negative replies, neutral replies, how many times you're going to follow up, how many times you're, how many touch points you're going to have total if you get non-respondents. If someone wants to book a call and they don't book a call, what are you going to do about it? If they say they're going to book a call, they finally, uh, they don't show up. What are you going to do? You, they do show up. What are you going to do? That's your process map, knowing what you're going to have and then executing on it with precision. And then finally, the R stands for reporting and optimization. Basically, everything needs to be reported. If it's anonymous, it's pretty much useless. So you need to know what are the emails, what are phone numbers, what are 
their contact details. Uh, did they reply to me? Was it a positive, negative, or neutral reply? Did they book a call? If I'm doing stuff in other platforms, trying to tie that back in, knowing all of your numbers and using that data to optimize your campaign over time. You know, you take six months, 12 months, build something that is masterfully crafted with data leading the way to proper split tests instead of just leaving something and never touching it for years. Those six steps are exactly what's necessary in order for, for a, um, I would say, a high-ticket business to justify um, a really successful campaign and, and to execute a really successful campaign in outbound and generate insane ROI on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, can we go a bit back to the execution bit? Um, step five. And oh, I forgot lead list. I skipped the L. <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> I spelled it as co- Cozer. <laughs> um, let me say this, guys. The L in Closer system stands for lead list development. And uh, lead list basically simply means you can't, if you're relying on outba- outdated data, you're buying cheap data sources. Um, I had, uh, you know, at one point we tried that and we sent out emails to bad data and we were having replies, people saying, yeah, I haven't used this email in two years. It was at a company from way long ago. Uh, you like catch up, right? And uh, totally ineffective. And so you have to have really good, high quality, accurate data. We're talking Zoom info level and above. If you don't, then you're gonna, it's gonna suffer. Your deliverability is gonna suffer. Your response rate is gonna suffer. You've got to have great leads. And it's, it's also not enough to have firmographic leads, job title, company name, uh, size, um, revenue, industry. That stuff is, okay, but you've got to hit thousands of these people in order to get some, find some interested. And of those, some of them might be qualified to work with you. So um, what you actually need is intent-based data. So you need to know who's actively looking right now for a solution like yours. Imagine the difference if you could know the actual name, not the company level, right? Not all intent data is created equal. So company level intent, basically useless. Um, You need to know the names, the emails, the phone numbers of people actively looking for your solution. And if you do this process to those people, instead of just the people who are matching some kind of a, a firmographic filter, here's 2 million people that have a CEO title, then uh, imagine how much more effective your campaigns would be and how much more effective your ad spend would be. Mm-hmm. Anyway, flee list. Um, we'll, we'll come back to this because I want to talk about the technology bit and I think here is the, the place where we'll discuss most about it. Um, but to sort of wrap it up with this, with a closer formula, uh, in terms of the execution, there's a number of people that maybe because they are not yet at that stage where they can work with, with an agency to outsource the sales element of this and uh, lead generation, outbound lead generation, they might try to do it themselves or internally. Uh, Would you have some best practices given the fact that uh, more and more companies um, are using technology and sales technology to automate some of the things that they do and, you know, 
Some inboxes might get cluttered, for example, for PEOs that might be targeted by such automated campaigns without the intent data that you mentioned, uh, just in bulk. Would you have some up-to-date best practices that people should implement if they run um, an outbound strategy themselves or you know internally, such as how many times should they follow up on a sales or on a sale or you know how long should the follow-up uh, sequence be in terms of time? Yeah, it's more it's more complicated than that, unfortunately, because because doing sales is not typically cheap, right? You should have, first you have to have a a reasonably high ticket offer Mm -hmm. to justify a sales team. Now, if you're a solo practitioner and it's just you, no sales team, you are the business. Well, then obviously you've got to figure out a lot of stuff and you got to figure out, well, how the hell am I going to do any of this? Truth is you can't, Um, you can't alone. You just can't. There's no way to do this right and do it yourself. All you can do is kind of take scrappy solutions and scrappy growth hacks and try to piece together the cheapest way to possibly get results, but then you're not going to really get, you might get enough results, but you might burn more leads than you actually create. Mm -hmm. So um, my advice to someone who is in that position, because, because guess what, man, connections on LinkedIn, like we said, they're done. They're done. You're you're not going to grow that way. Um, And you run the risk of getting banned. Um, and they're very serious about that. You can, you can try to do in-mail sends. I mean, really the best thing you can do is if you're not in six figure land yet, you just got, you need to hustle yourself to more sales and you got to get yourself out of the service delivery. Mm -hmm. Focus on getting the service delivery that you're doing more taken care of. So you can focus on sales and focus on it yourself. When you get to six figures, then invest in actually getting good data so that you can use it. I mean, the data is not, I mean, think of it like this. I sell, I could sell intent data for the U S markets somewhere between a dollar to $2 a contact. Um, Imagine if you knew that information, how much you're spending to acquire a customer right now. Um, And I can guarantee you it's more than freaking two bucks. Um, and of course, it's going to be more than that because you know we sell it in in, in batches. But um, the the idea here is you don't have to figure out how to become an enterprise with your scrappy solutions. You just have to get to the point where you have enough money to reinvest in yourself. And and if you can if you can have a sales another uh, commission only salesperson or 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 maybe you can afford to pay salary of a salesperson. Uh, that's fine. Then they really need what we do. But whether or not you've got that cadence of emails, you know, it's all going to depend on how you try to do it. Are you buying a really cheap list of, you know, a hundred thousand emails from the nineties that actually are completely outdated and don't, really do you any good and you try to email them, uh, maybe you're going to try to blast email them with like a tool like MailChimp and get banned from the platform and it doesn't work and uh, goes right to spam. Like it's actually going to do you no good. So you, you actually can't, you cannot hack your way to the top because the platforms are too sophisticated for that. They're getting too sophisticated. You know, you can't just use a lem list and a whatever to try to automate cold emails because, uh, again, you're just burning leads. You buy cheap leads, you send them automation. Um, you're going to burn your domain and you're going to end up, 
you're going to end up on blacklists. It's going to screw, screw you up. Even if you have a burner domain and you do this, you're, you're just wasting a lot of time and effort to try to get results that you could have avoided if you just made a few phone calls to people. Make a few phone calls, do a couple, like do it manually until you can do it right. Mm-hmm. Do it manually until you can do it right. And once you can do it right, then you buy data and then you still do it manually, right? Imagine if you made a hundred phone calls or sent a hundred manual emails to people that were in market, you think you're going to make a sale, much higher likelihood that you're going to do that. What if you're sending to, you work with us, we're going to send 2000 in a month to these people and we're going to handwrite them messages and we're going to be omnichannel and we're going to make sure that you've got an immaculate deliverability and we're going to do the execution correctly and we're going to report all of the uh, the stuff. So once you can actually afford to work with a company like us and we're not cheap, right? We People work with us when they have cash and they're ready to get to that next level. Millions and millions of, of revenue is what they want to drive. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll trade a, let's just, let's just call it, let's just say they'll, uh, Hundred thousand dollars, right? They'll, who would not trade a hundred thousand for for a million all day long? We would all do that, mm-hmm. right? And and um, that's just a, a, an example. So, and that's not for the data. That's for done for you. Someone wants data. I can sell you data for for rates that that I mean, it, it's still a dollar, two dollars a contact. But you think to yourself, what can I actually do with that data? If I'm targeting U.S., it's U.S. only. Mm-hmm. Another thing I can do, well, I don't want to jump the gun on you here, Andre. So if you want to talk about tech, I've got some things to talk about there. But to the small business, my best advice is don't don't take shortcuts. One of the best advice I've got is, is take the long road. It's faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't worry. Uh, I'm happy to drift away and to focus on the things that uh, are important in our conversation. I think this one is one thing that I wanted to maybe clarify with you right now, because you mentioned it's only for the U.S. So uh, as we have listeners from more areas of the world, um, would, for example, somebody from Spain or France, if they had the data that you own, be able to sell in the U.S. without any issue using that data or that is fall into uh, you know other regulations as far as you know. No, y- yes, they could. They could take our data and sell into the United States. Um, so uh, let's talk about the data real quick, so that we have just can get this out of the way. So I know who's in market for just about everything. I know who's I know who's um, B two C markets. Who's buying health insurance? I know who's. Um, looking to buy real estate. Like I know who's shopping on Zillow and Trulia and Realtor.com and House, who's on those websites shopping around and I know them by name and I can action them a week before they're sold on the Zillow marketplace. So I get the data, I get it fast. I know them by name and I know that for uh, a vast majority of people and it's all legal, by the way. Nothing that, I mean, it's, I, I purchased the data I purchase data from, from all kinds of sources. And then I validate the data through a very robust validation engine. It's actually checked manually by uh, managed services and they, they give yes and no's on all the data. And um, for context, we process a hundred times more uh, information in a day than ZoomInfo does. Um, I process 5 million behaviors a second in my data set. Um, I know, so in, in terms of data quantity, um, 
we've got, so again, con contextually here, I believe Zoom Info has about 150 million uh, contact records. Uh, we have 270 million contact records. Um, about 170 to 200 million of those are, have business emails. Um, I've got about 100 million direct dial phone numbers. Um, in my database. So that's, that's all the data quality and size over here. But the other thing that I have is an, an identity graph that is uh, what I mentioned is, is re helping resolve this personal identity that we've developed over the course of uh, several decades. And um, you know, we've rolled up companies that have, have had, you know, different parts of these machines. And then we built an even better uh, machine. And it's about, I mean, it is decades ahead of anything else out there that, that I've ever seen. Um, and so the other thing I can do is I can tell you 30 to 70 percent at the, at the highest end of the of the personal identities of your website visitors. If they're in the U.S. So if. Imagine like, let's just say we're talking to an enterprise company here, you know, maybe they've got 2 million visitors on their website a month. How many of the names of those people do they know if they're not clients or they didn't fill out a form? Oh. <laughs> zero. They know zero of the names. I don't care who you talk to. I network with Fortune 100, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, and you know billionaires. And they are, they've kicked the can on this issue. They, they don't even want to solve it. It's too complicated. And they don't have all the pieces necessary to get it done. So I can provide this level of intelligence to the market in a way that, that no one else ever has been able to do. And I can do it in an affordable fashion. Um, now, again, you're just starting out. I mean, you just have to figure out where, where you're going to invest your, your, your capital. But um, in the end, it's it's negligible if I can, if I can give you information that's going to turn into revenue. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to, you have, it's not for you if you're just starting out, right? You're in six figures, you're good. Any less than that, it's going to be really tough for you. Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to scale if you're just a one man shop. And every time you get a sale, you got to work for five years on it. Um, it's going to be a lot harder for you because you can't constantly take on new business. So, uh, you know, those two elements really have to be in place. Mm -hmm. Super. So I think most of our audience here is in the six figures uh, and above. So I think uh, you guys that maybe were not aware of such opportunities, uh, this might have been an eye opener for you. Um, also discussing the level of analysis that is possible in the US is really fascinating because we don't have that in Europe that much. Uh, and I think, you know, it's a great opportunity there for somebody that wants to expand and they are looking for you know, new ways of doing so, mainly if you can sell in the US from, you know, uh, UK or France or uh, Germany, etc. Advertising and outbound. That's it. You can do outbound. You can send emails the way that I just showed you with the closer system. You can, um, you can take the data that we provide you, create better lookalike audiences and continue to track forever. So we can, you can take, we, we can provide you emails and device ID numbers. So, you have that, you can continue to retarget. You can feed that info back into Facebook, back into Google, and all of the limitations of the privacy policy stuff going on right now. And, and not just privacy, it's actually, it's not about privacy. It's about consolidation of power. 
They're mm-hmm. consolidating power. They're not keeping you private. That's all they're doing. They're consolidating who has the information away from small business, but we can put that information back in your hands in a completely compliant way with regulation. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. So guys, you have all the links uh, in the description of this episode. Uh, make sure to check them out. Uh, Tyler, I know we are getting close to, to the end of the show. So uh, trying to draw some action points here because we discussed a lot. There was a lot of valuable information and also, also actionable information here. Um, what would be your advice for somebody that maybe hasn't really done a lot of outbound yet or has done some outbound, but maybe they are looking to increase their performance? Um, where would you say they should be looking at first, maybe, you know, this week or the next? Yeah. Number one, my best advice to you is don't take shortcuts. Um, again, it's gonna, it's gonna sabotage you in the end. You gotta be real careful, um, about buying a bag of goods. Don't go cheap. You can go cheap. If you like, if you're bound by budget, then you have to just put your, your feet to the pavement and knock on doors, sell, make phone calls, do whatever you have to do to, get to the point where you can invest in yourself um, and don't buy the hundred dollar shit. Like you need to really invest in uh, actionable stuff, right? Obviously if someone's looking to work with us, you can go to leadroll.co, learn more about the closer system. Um, even if you're going to do it yourself, even if you're going to do it yourself, I suggest watching these videos because we give away all of our, our best stuff, right? We just give it to you. You can take it. You can learn about how to do all of this um, effectively. And then when you when you are ready to take it seriously and take growth seriously, you want to start running better ads. You want to start running, you know, just doing outbound. Uh, you can get access to our data where the it doesn't exist elsewhere. So if you have that in hand and no one else has it and we're just bringing it to market and not just trying to keep it all for ourselves um, at this point in time, then it's going to be a very unique opportunity. But I will say there is a, there is a, uh, a sense of recency here, right? A sense of acting sooner rather than later, because the more you wait, the opportunities will go away. Um, and this is something that your competitors just don't have. If you can afford it, I suggest going to leadroll.co, um, take a quiz. We'll get you a price, figure out if, if we're a good fit for you and vice versa. And, um, it could completely change your life. Great stuff. And just as an indicator, and I know this will differ a lot because, you know, it's services and it's managed services. So this will be very dependent on a lot of criteria, but, um, would you have maybe like a, starting threshold for people to expect when they work with something like your agency? Yeah. Yes. We'll work with you if, so two options. If you are looking for done for you, done for you on outbound, you can really only justify it if you can justify a sales team. So um, easy way to think about that. If I'm going to hire a BDR, business development rep or SDR, then you should look at lead role instead. Um, if your lifetime value of a customer is say 10 to $15,000 or above, that can be $1,000 paid over 15 months, it could be any combination, then lead will, will, will likely be profitable for you, but you have to be able to sell remote, um, large enough target market for us to find, you know, in-market behaviors for these people. Um, now, if you don't fit that criteria, let's just say you're a SaaS company or you're e-com, e-commerce, right? Let's say you're listening to this right now and you're from fucking Alibaba 
then you definitely want to talk to us because I can tell you who's all shopping for what across the United States, right? Like I can tell you who's looking for shoes, who's looking for, I mean, I got one guy, he's making $8 million a year with us using our data to sell vacuum parts. We tell him who's in market looking for vacuum parts, right? It doesn't have to be complicated. It just like, like that's the kind of nut stuff that we're talking about here. Um, and so if, low ticket can work as well on the data only, right? On the data only, or if you're particularly big, um, you know, hundred million revenue and above, then um, there are other things that we can do for you that would uh, blow your mind. Mm -hmm. So this was falling into the, not in the done for you, but if you just need access data. to data. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we actually do can do done for you with enterprise as well at a, at a different level, but um, yeah, but uh, uh, there's so much you can do with that data, right? Let's say you've got hundreds of thousands of clients and you want to know who's about to churn and go with a competitor. Well, I could tell you that because I know who's looking at their websites. <laughs> so and, and the personal name and email address and phone number and everything. So you can get in front of that, reduce your churn, save yourself millions and millions of revenue. <laughs> just because you knew who was looking like it's, it's the best business intelligence out there. Um, you, you won't find anything like it. Great stuff. Cool. Tyler, this was very insightful. Uh, also, I got to, to find out some new stuff in terms of the technology out there and uh, I'll, sh I'll be sure to keep in touch. I think there are a couple of cases that we might be able to work together as well off the show. Um, guys tuning in, I'm sure you found a lot of new information and insight into this. Um, make sure to check uh, Tyler's website as well. We'll have a link to your profile, Taylor, Taylor as well, in case uh, there's people that want to personally reach out to you, maybe for business or partnerships. Uh, I know we have a couple of companies here and company representatives that might be, uh, you guys would be a great solution for them. Um, and yeah, until next time, guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Tyler, again, thank you for being on the show. It's early morning for you, so keep crushing it. Have an amazing day and looking forward to speaking soon. Thanks, Andre. Thanks, guys.